Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to CBB time. March Madness is here. We are so excited at awesomeo.com to dive into it today. We're going to be talking just overall strategy. We know there's a lot of people out there that aren't in the college basketball streets each and every day. So we brought in an expert to help you with your brackets, to help you with your betting, to help you with your DFS. That is not me. I'm Ben Raza, but the man is here, Matt Gajeski, my partner in crime from college football season. Sir, too long. How are you? Ben, I am doing fantastic. I can't tell you how excited I am to finally have this. After a two-year hiatus, it was pulled from us last year right during conference tournaments but we made it work we're back seems like everything is going smooth and according to plan so yeah let's get into it i'm really excited man thanks for having me of course yeah it's been a uh virginia still the champs it's been a long long time i i've been waiting i am excited and before we dive into it i do have to say this because this is big news march madness is here that's not the big news we partnered with the sponsor of this show monkey knife fight to bring the viewers, you guys, a free bracket challenge. That's right. It's completely free. $2,500 in cash prizes plus 100 free Awesomeo Plus Platinum Passes. So if you haven't been on the site, this is a free opportunity to get inside the ropes. Uh, you can compete for this cash and these passes monthly and weekly. The top 355 places are paid out, so there's no reason to not give this a shot. So here you go. You simply go to awesome.moe. So A-W-E-S-E dot moe slash monkey mania to sign up and fill out your bracket check the link in the show description for more information on how to enter the free bracket challenge make sure to use the promo code osmo to get up to 53 dollars first match deposit bonus and play over at monkey knife fight we're gonna have more information on this but again awese dot moe slash monkey mania free bracket prizes up for grabs no reason to not take that shot so keep that in mind but let's start I want to start with your wheelhouse. You've been doing the projections all year. You've been killing it. I am in New York, so I have not been playing. So I want to talk about college DFS. Before we dive into the actual tournament, I guess, what has how's the season been for you? How's the college basketball uh, lobby been? It's been good. It's been a ton of fun. I'm glad we have it back. But there have been some differences this year. And I think it primarily has to do just with COVID and it's kind of like an exasperated season in college sports, college football and college basketball. We're already dealing with a little bit less injury information. These teams aren't required to submit anything. So it's already kind of like the wild, wild west. And then with COVID adding just an extra wrinkle into the picture, we're having guys sit out because of contact tracing. Some guys are testing positive. And then some teams have been on just long stoppages upwards of a month. So while it's been a ton of fun, it's been a little difficult to project, but I think that kind of is going to lead to a little more intrigue in the tournament. We haven't seen as many of these teams maybe play as many games as we normally do. So how tilting is it for you when you see beat writers not doing their jobs? I see you on Twitter making the rounds. Is that just, does that tilt you into oblivion when you have one job? Can't let us know. 
Yeah, man. It, imagine you're, so I was running out a ton of multi lineups in the beginning of the season. And towards the end, I just started running one because you were every single night you were running into players getting scratched or injuries or COVID absences. And eventually it just got a lot easier to manage one lineup through the entire night. So yeah, with the beat writers, I haven't exactly always been the most happy person, but managing it has made me a little bit happier going forward. So a couple keys for people, you know, a lot of people watching this probably haven't played, but they play NBA. The scoring is the same. Uh, the difference, Matt, as you know, of course, is the position eligibility. You have a little more flexibility. You don't have centers in college. So I guess talk about that on a given night. Is it slate dependent? You know, when we talk college football, we get every week the question of for your super flex, should you play a quarterback? And it's almost always yes. Are those philosophies in college basketball or is it really dependent on the slate? It does highly depend on the slate. In college basketball, you see just a different style of play from the game. So you get a lot of teams like Alabama, for example, they'll run some point forward with a guy like Herb Jones. So oftentimes you do get players that you can slot into the forward slots that maybe quite aren't used exactly like a forward and vice versa with the guard position too. So I will say it is fairly slate dependent, but it's nice to not have players fixed into the center positions. It gives you a little more mobility with your lineup and you can do a lot more things. Only a couple minutes into the show and you got Herb Jones in there. That's uh, cash those tickets for the fans. As we know, uh, your obsession with that man. He is great, though. Um, other than that, in, in just general of CBB, is there concepts that you really try to hit on, whether it's are you looking at totals? Are you looking at pace? Uh, how do you do it with these teams to, again, we've mostly seen conference games all year. Like, how do you really evaluate who's who in a tournament like this? There's a couple things to look at. So a lot of you know me from college football, of course. There's a lot more correlation in the college football streets with your lineup. There's a lot less in college basketball, and particularly on the huge games we're going to see during March Madness, where we have, you know, 16 game slates. So when you look at teams that have high team totals, well, there's going to be probably 5, 10, maybe upwards of 15 teams there that have really good totals in the slate. So you don't necessarily want to just load up on one of those individual teams unless there's a super tight rotation or something. As far as pace goes, league averages, you see them fall throughout the college basketball season. Teams typically start a little fast, and then they slow down towards the tournament. And this is really the slowest time of year we see for a lot of these teams. With that said, you can project this pretty well and find pace up spots for teams which are solid in DFS. So the other thing that, you know, I I always think about, and I come from from a betting aspect, college basketball, you only have five fouls. And there's a million coaches that if you get two in the first half, you've just lost 20 minutes of your guy because they will sit. Uh, is that something that plays a huge role? You know, the, the one less foul for these guys, because the minutes, you know, in the NBA guys aren't playing all 48, but certainly in college, you see big time players, particularly guards, they could play the entire 40. Is that something that you really factor in? Or is it more like you just hope to not run unlucky uh, with the foul trouble? You really do just hope not to get unlucky, but there are certain teams that really do this and you can figure this out. So Florida, for example, they're a team that likes to do this. Iowa even does this. We've seen players like Luca Garza, even players of his caliber sit for almost the entire first half with two fouls before. And luckily this data is tracked. It's on sites like Ken Palm and it is factored into the projections we have at awesome.com. So if you do see a player like Luca Garza, he's just an example, not saying his minute projection will be lower, but oftentimes you do see a star player with a lower minute projection that could have something to do with it. Just tracking the foul participation. So just looking ahead, cause I think that's absolutely huge. What you just said that you're able to capture some of that uh, into these projections. And I'm going to talk about 
what we've got going on for this tournament. The projection is certainly part of it. But I wanted to ask you, on a given night, you know, a big Tuesday or Saturday slate, how many games usually, I mean, have you dealt with a 16-game slate before? The only time there was a 16-game slate was actually at the start of conference tournaments last year, and it ended up getting scrapped. The biggest we've seen this year is 12-game slates, and on Super Tuesdays and the Saturday slates, it's usually between 10 to 12. So it's not a huge difference, but we are seeing just a few more games in these slates that we're going to have coming up. And then just kind of to add to that before, you know, again, we're going to dive into a couple different things here on this kind of quick crash course. You know, this is the opening round. So you've got teams, you know, Hartford and Drexel and other made up schools. Sorry to them. Do you I guess my question is, how are you approaching something like that? This is a very unbalanced 16 games. Is it like college football? Because in basketball, as we know, you know, you can't get shut out. It's not like football where you omit a team or do you say, you know what, with 16, some of these teams that are going to be smothered defensively, I may not even look to. There are team, a lot of teams like that. And I would try to use that in combination with the rotations they're going to play. So there are some teams that play super tight rotations that maybe don't have the best projection, but you could still look to in certain spots. A team like that, maybe St. Bonaventure, who runs one of the tightest rotations in the country, just as an example, they play LSU. So it's not a great example here. Their total is actually fine, but you will see teams that are underdogs and significantly. So if they still run a tight rotation, like you said, they are going to be on the floor scoring a decent amount of points still. So I think you can still get to them, but it's really a situation specific, really thing to look at here. And then my, my final question on that is on the other side, you know, teams run it up and, and rarely do I think that it gets too out of hand. Do you worry about starters being pulled with a two day turnaround? I do in certain matchups. There's also other teams that have a history of running up scores on opponents. We touched on Herb Jones. Bama likes to do that. They've shown <laughs> an absolute willingness to just beat their opponents down and score 90, 100 points in some certain spots. They've done so multiple times this year. But in some of the other games, Baylor, for example, you know, is a 26-point favorite. That's a situation where usually their starters pulled and maybe they're in the upper 20s of minutes. So something to definitely consider in this spot. Anything else? Um, certainly, uh, you know, I, I can say this. Matt's going to have articles on articles, the projections, everything as we get closer to the actual games. But just from a general concept, is there anything that you think is worth mentioning uh, for people who may be new to college basketball? The biggest thing, even in this tournament, is going to be monitoring news. Just before we got on the stream, news broke that a Georgia Tech player or maybe a coach, we're not even sure, is not going to be traveling with the team due to COVID protocols. We have no idea who that is. The team, they do not have to disclose this information. And with that, even during the tournament, you will see late scratches. We saw it in the conference tournaments. Teams like Virginia didn't even end up finishing the tournament. So just be aware of this. These teams are still testing for COVID every single day. It is possible that somebody pops for tests and is a late scratch. And that is going to be the huge advantage you have is just having that information hope it's not Moses, your boy. Um, you I and me both, man. Concerned. I have my fingers crossed. Nah, hopefully, hopefully we're not too impacted, but absolutely. And it's not just, we're going to talk a little betting. It's the same concept. I mean, if, if a team has a couple guys down, that line is going to get crippled before it's pulled off the board. All right. I do want to say we're going to get to the bracket, but clearly with all this information and all the stuff that Matt's doing and I'm doing and the team's doing behind the paywall, you might want to consider getting inside the ropes for a March Madness package. $29.95 for the entire tournament. It's less than 50 cents a game. There's a ton of games. There's a ton of information, not just on the DFS side, but brackets, betting, Alex, everything, all the tools that we have, projections, rankings, expert chat. Again, bracket breakdowns tomorrow night. Me and Matt will be back at it uh, and 
live seven o'clock Eastern talking about our bracket, filling it out for you guys. But there is just so much. So once again, go to awesome.com slash join, click on that college basketball package, 2995 for the tournament. We would love to have you along for the ride. All right. Everyone's favorite thing to do. People love DFS. People love betting, but brackets, of course, in my opinion, take center stage right now. So with brackets, I mean, A, I don't know the answer to this. Are you a big bracket guy? Or is that something you do? Or are you more focused on other things? My biggest focus is betting, but I definitely will have a bracket. Do okay. every year. Are you a one bracket kind of guy? Single bullet? Yeah, I usually just play in one pool with my friends. And that's really it. I don't really get into a lot of the high stakes betting or anything like that. Do you have Wisco going out early just on merit? You have to, man. You have Especially to. with their tough draw. I don't have to worry about that with UMass because they don't they don't make these things. And Trey Mitchell has left and my life uh, is in shambles. Anyway, that's not important. What is? So we got a bracket. I think the first thing to talk about, though, uh, and people don't really look at this. When you're talking about a bracket contest, you just mentioned, you know, you play one with your friends. Say it's a 10 man. To me, that is wildly different than if you're in a pool with 500 people, with 1,000 people. Um, is that something that you consider when you're talking about how to construct a bracket in terms of how kind of like a GPP, how, how aggressive you need to be? It really does mirror the GPP structures we see in DFS. In your huge tournaments like the Millie Makers, you're definitely going to have to be a little bit different with your bracket in order to capture some of that upside. Otherwise, you're just going to be duplicating and really have no equity of winning. In your smaller fields, like my 10-man bracket with my friends, I can honestly pick mostly favorites and maybe just pick a somewhat contrarian champion, and that'll be unique enough. And then just relying on everybody else to make mistakes. You know, everybody wants to pick the upsets, the 12-5 upsets, all of those. They're really not likely when you start looking at it against the spread. Sure, some of them will happen, but if you pick a bunch of 5-12 upsets, you're just going to be drawing dead yourself. So in smaller fields, that's something where I really like to stay. I guess you could call it chalky a similar term to, you know, DFS play. No doubt. And I mean, you, you guess you see this in DFS, certainly at the end of nights and whatnot, but what happens with brackets, you know, if you're too over leveraged and whatnot, you get boxed out. Like, you know, you may have the champion, but if people who were more conservative at the beginning, they rack up, you know, some easy wins and you took a shot and missed, well, just because you have the finals, right. You're picking up points that they are as well. And there's no way to get that back. Um, on that note, I mean, again, this is all dependent. I assume that you, are you mostly familiar with scoring that's traditional? I mean, the, the pools that I do are just very standard, uh, like Fibonacci type scoring. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's something to keep in mind. If your pool incentivizes some type of upset pick, then I think, of course, there's more merit to maybe getting a little aggressive. But again, I, I think doing it just to do it, it is really getting into the, uh, Everyone likes to find Cinderella. It's always fun if you can nail one, but more often than not, you are probably sacrificing points in those early rounds that is unnecessary. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, especially in your small fields. Yeah, especially in your small fields. No doubt about that. Anything else? This is a topic, like I said, we're going to be getting into the specifics of our bracket. I have, I just said, don't do this. Wait till you see some of the teams I'll be picking tomorrow night. Um, Anything else just in general bracket talk? I, I think really it really takes on the DFS mindset of what are people going to do? Is there a chalk team? Um, Do you want to roll the dice and and fade that team? Where can you pick up equity? Uh, Just the same concepts really translate. I think you can do that. And it's kind of, you know, like a DFS tournament, but exaggerated because 
most of the people playing in your bracket tournaments aren't paying attention to these teams. So, you know, they see teams that are two, three seeds automatically assume they're good and maybe aren't involved with the team environment or what's been happening with the teams of late. So I do think there are edges to pick up, but it really does depend on the size of your field and who you are playing against. God, I, yeah, this is going to be it. every year. I mean, these teams, and now I, I feel rusty. I haven't filled out a bracket in uh, far too long. So we're going to see what happens. No doubt about that. But let's get to the final horizon here. And even though this is not live, I can say it. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. We've got so much content. Again, me and Matt tomorrow night, 7 Eastern doing bracket show live before locks. We've got you covered leading up to these games. That's where we're really going to dig in and lean on Matt for these teams that no one's ever heard of. Uh, I'll give my takes on the betting side of things because I've seen a lot of Abilene Christian games. I'll just say that. Uh, I'll let you all decide the rest. But other than that, we've got you covered there. But I want to talk about betting. You you mentioned you do a bracket. Certainly you're in line with DFS, but you love to bet college basketball, as do I. Um, So I guess I'll start with just general thoughts. I'm sure you've dug in a little – what did you make of the spreads in general? I mean, anything stand out? Not not specifics, really. Feel free, but just as a whole. We're really looking at an interesting environment for college basketball spreads when we head into the tournament. There's a few key differences between these spreads and spreads that you see on a, a given Saturday, something like that. Typically, you are getting spreads made 12 hours, sometimes less before games, and they're not taking anywhere near the type of handle they are for these particular games. We literally saw these spreads emerge within 10 minutes of the shows, and many of them have moved m- multiple points since they opened, which is not something you typically see. Just because of the interest in the tournament right now, you can get a lot of really good action, especially if you're willing to bet early. But even at this point in the week, and we'll be doing a show tomorrow on Wednesday, I think you can still get some pretty good action down just based on where some of these spreads opened and where they're going to move. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, uh, I'm not going to get too into the specifics, but a team like Ohio or a team like Oregon state, those are a couple of spreads that when they open, they, I don't even know how long those opening numbers were there. They got immediately shot down, whether it's people hating on Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, I don't know, you know, their best player was borderline decapitated by that kid on Florida. We'll see. Hopefully he's back and healthy, but I mean, this is just an environment. Again, you have rarely, you have conferences that were pretty, you know, condensed to just playing within their own bubble. So it's very hard to look at where these teams are. So I wanted to ask you along those lines, how are you trying to factor in teams that have une- uneven schedules? A team like Colgate, they only played 15 games. They're 14 and one versus a team that's played 25 games per se. I mean, is that something that it's just, it is what it is? Or do you have a kind of a mindset with how to deal with these uneven schedules? It is hard, especially with a team like Colgate, which really is, I think, the toughest circumstance you have going into this particular NCAA tournament. Normally, you can lean a little bit on non-conference play and see how these teams evolved. But this year, we're really dealing with an abbreviated schedule for many teams, Colgate included. But then you can lean on teams like Arkansas, just looking at their level of competition and the level of skill they have on their team. So Honestly, that was a spread that stood out to me. And then seeing it move was a little bit shocking, but I think you can gain some edges in situations like that. I'll just say, not that anyone cares. I bet Colgate once this year happened to be the second time they played army. So you can, you can check that box score and let me know how that went Um, along those same lines though. I mean, again, you, you have these teams, whether it's the conference champion who automatic bid versus teams that obviously played a, a real schedule. And then you have, there's only eight of them, but there will be four teams that have already played. 
What do you do there? I mean, certainly we don't have lines for made up games, but do you, do you think that the playing game is a positive catalyst in general? I mean, the team's already kind of been in that environment and they've played versus a team that like USC or whoever, who is just waiting for their opponent. I don't necessarily think it's a positive. The interesting thing I, I think here is that they give them a, a day in between. So you are dealing with full rest for these teams. With that said, I don't think it makes a huge difference just having to play in the playing game. Maybe you could argue they'll be a little bit tired, but I mean, these teams are playing, if not every other day, you know, like pretty close to it during the regular season too. Yeah, that's true. We've seen a lot of, I mean, this year was very interesting. There was back-to-backs, which is not something that I was super, you know, in the same gym, you just play the team, you run it back. Really interesting for the betting side of things, not something that we've dealt with a lot. And then the last thing that I noticed with the spreads, and this could change, but right now Rutgers is the only higher seed that is a favorite right now, which to me was a little surprising. Yeah, I do think some of that, I mean, we are seeing some line movement. I'm not sure if any will actually flip, but that was also very surprising to me. I think it just speaks to the level of competition in the Big Ten and how much people are really taking that into account. But in that particular game, I was even surprised to see Rutgers as the favorite here. I think a lot of People and bookmakers in particular are just leaning on the overall level of competition from these high-powered conferences in your Power Five. Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten, how many is it? Do you know off the Eight, nine? I don't. It's ridiculous, though. It's a lot of teams got in. And, and I again, you're looking at their resumes, but they're all playing each other. And that is something uh, to kind of wrap it up here because, again, this is just a crash course, and we've got more in-depth knowledge coming for you. But do you ever – look whether it's with a bracket I guess with betting I'm not a big parlay guy but in theory do you ever look for correlation within conferences considering that they're almost all in a bubble where if you think that the Pac-12 for example is much stronger do you look at Oregon Colorado USC and say you know what these are teams within my bracket that I'm going to have coming out and I'm going to short the big 12 I think that Kansas and Baylor and these teams aren't nearly as good uh, as other people think I've been thinking about that a lot this year with the Big Ten specifically and some of these teams that are lower seeds. That Rutgers game is a good one to bring up because they're facing a team in Clemson who's been extremely volatile this entire season. So I think in you know your seeds, maybe 7-10 matchups, 8-9 matchups if you run into those. But I wouldn't really be trying to you know bet against the higher seeds if you were – I'm trying to think of an example here. Like betting against Iowa if you were shorting the Big Ten or something like that, that's not something I would do. But if you have closer seeds where you think the teams maybe just aren't quite projected correctly, that could make some sense. The Big Ten is really the one I'd be looking at doing that this year because the conference was so strong. Don't disrespect Grand Canyon. Of all the teams in this tournament, the Antelopes, they got a real bad draw. But why weren't they? I wish they were 14 so badly. But yeah, point taken. Iowa, Illinois, I think is a good example of that. Like, Even if you think the Big Ten is weak, Drexel is not exactly... Uh, the team now could Loyola Chicago or who I think Georgia Tech maybe knock them off that remains to be seen but I mean the final thing I want to bring up and again we're going to bounce on out of here pretty soon we'll have all your questions ready to go for tomorrow Wednesday night 7 Eastern do you look at totals at all Um, I know you incorporated on the DFS side of things but you've got a game I just want to bring this on up I mean Arkansas and Colgate they want to get crazy fast then you've got some methodical teams you know Loyola they want to slow it do you look at things like that in on the betting side or are you more just picking actual sides 
I do look at a lot of totals too. The Colgate one's funny. You bring up those are two top 25 teams in pace this year. So that if you're just watching a game for fun, that one's going to be amazing. But in betting, I think the lower total games because of slow pace, it just adds them a little more volatility. So when you're looking at some upsets, this is more so for brackets than betting. Most of the totals will be pretty efficient come tip, but a game like Ohio, Virginia, where you have two really slow teams, you know, it's a mid one thirties total dropping, I think you could maybe look to upsets in those ranges just with fewer possessions. You're looking at a little more volatility in those matchups just for picking pure upsets in your bracket. If you're looking for that Cinderella. I like it uh, real quick. Just housekeeping. Of course, if you have questions on this stuff, news is going to break. COVID is going to be an issue. Make sure give me a follow just because, and then you've got Matt Gajeski, Matt underscore Gajeski on Twitter. Follow him. Great follow ton of information stuff that you need. We've got everything here on the awesome side. Anything else? Like I said, this was just an appetizer. We got to warm up after two years. I didn't want to, you know, push it to the limit right out of the gate. Any final thoughts, any major concepts that you'd like to get in before we uh, duck out and set our stage for the bracket? Kansas, a team dealing with some COVID issues. Some players didn't travel. Maybe if you're looking for that Cinderella, Eastern Washington's the team you pick over somebody else who has a much wider spread difference there. I like it. And listen, we're going to see some of these teams certainly give them games. I mean, I, I was pretty shocked not to dive back in, but there were there were several teams uh, that were, you know, nine, eight point favorite. I mean, Abilene Christian is someone that I referenced earlier. They're just a nine point dog. Uh, I was a little surprised at that. I thought it might be higher. They're showing some respect. And I think that speaks to the uncertainty. There's just a lot of unknowns this year. But again, we will have you covered. One last quick thing. Twenty nine ninety five. If you were playing in a bracket, if you were playing DFS and Matt has spoken about this, Alex, a lot of people, this is a great time to dive into college basketball. There's a lot of casual players who just want action for the tournament. The prize pools. We didn't really talk about that, Matt. I, I assume you were pretty encouraged seeing a hundred K with 25 up top. It's the biggest we've had all year. And I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. So there you go. A lot of money up for grabs on that front. And we have you covered here at awesome.com. So on that note, Good luck, everyone. Again, content dropping all the time, articles, betting breakdowns, everything you need. The projections will be ready to go, and the package is live. So we hope to see you guys inside the ropes soon enough. Good luck. Talk to you guys soon to frill out our brackets. Can't wait and see you then. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.